With the Master Investor Show coming up on the 18th of March, this is a great time to catch up with one of the founders of the event, the entrepreneur and investor, Jim Mellon. Jim, great to see you again. Uh, it's very nice to see you, Graham, and I'm, I'm delighted that you're going to be there and a keynote speaker. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just talk a little bit about what's been going on in the markets, Jim, because we had that long kind of bull market and then 2022 has turned into a bit of a, uh, a disaster. What, what's your kind of macro view on where we are in 2023 and heading on into, into next year? Well, there's been a very substantial uplift um, since the bottom in October. Uh, the S&P is up 18% from the bottom and is now only 12% away from its all-time high, which it was recorded in January of last year. But I think this is a false flag. It's a false friend. Um, uh, this is a, a dead cat bounce. And my general view is that forgetting about the economies, which we can talk about in a second, uh, the markets are, are going to have another leg downwards, and it could be more brutal than the last one. So, you know, some of the great fund managers uh, of the bull market that you mentioned, Graham, such as Terry Smith and Nick Train, really got it handed to them last year. Uh, and, um, you know, that's down 30% or something like that. And I, I would think that um, uh, a similar down leg, in other words, another 30% is a possibility uh, before the end of this year. Okay, well, it's interesting because uh, we get some mixed signals from the market. I know you've been a long time owner of an investor in uh, commodity based companies, and we've had, you know, raging inflation as a result of all the money printing during the pandemic. And yet gold has been kind of trading in a range and we've had you know, much more focus onto nuclear power since the Russian situation. And yet, you know, uranium's creeping up a bit. Some are calling this the start of a new commodities super cycle. What, what's your take on where we're at with commodities i would generally agree with that um i think that uh china is uninvestable for a lot of people for a whole load of reasons um but you can invest in things that are related to china so as an example the only uh very large capitalized company that's been going up uh in the last year is louis vuitton and it's because of recovery in china um and the other way to play China, of course, apart from luxury goods, is uh, without investing in China is uh, commodities because China is the world's biggest user of commodities. Uh, and uh, I would think that copper, lithium, all the commodities that you know we're familiar with will be going up. Um, gold, you're right, has been treading water in US dollar terms. But of course, if you're in any currency other than US dollars, it's done very well. So it's done well against the pound, it's done well against the Japanese yen, and it remains the prime store of value in these uncertain times. So I'm still a very big uh, bull of gold, and if you want to play more uh, volatility, then obviously silver is your alternative. And there are, there are good industrial reasons for buying silver as well. It's a key metal in the green transition. Yeah, you touched on the dollar there, and obviously it's it's been very strong. Um, but I can't help feeling that Joe Biden's decision to weaponize it and the SWIFT system as a result of the Ukraine invasion could actually backfire in the long run, and that the dollar could lose its reserve status. What what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it'll be a long time coming, but it's definitely a trend that we have to monitor. I mean, you know, any despot or any bad person in this world will have seen that Russia, half of Russia's foreign exchange 
reserves were effectively confiscated, um, which is no bad thing, but then they would be concerned about their own reserves. And uh, so where will those reserves go? Well, central banks are buying gold and have been aggressively buying gold over the last year. Uh, there has been an influx into jurisdictions such as Singapore and particularly Dubai uh, in the last year. I mean, Dubai property is up nearly 100% in, in the last year. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we have to look at alternatives, but, uh, you know, the Chinese are going to demand payment for for the, the commodities they buy. They, in other words, have to, they, they will want to pay in renminbi. Uh, and uh, the Chinese bond market is developing very rapidly. So I think if you wanted to diversify outside the US dollar, you should look at maybe buying Chinese government bonds, buying Chinese currency. Uh, but currencies that are very cheap against the US dollar would include the Japanese yen, which I think is significantly undervalued. Okay. Now, when we last spoke, you just published Moo's Law, which is all about the kind of new agrarian revolution. And you know, on the back of that, I, I certainly went ahead and invested into, into agronomics. What, what are the things that are currently exciting you in, in the agrarian sector, Jim? Well, I think everything that's in agronomics is really exciting. I mean, you know, this is a, what would be considered a sort of thematic stock. And it's had a very volatile ride. It was listed at five, it went up to 30 something, and now it's back at 13. So it's had the traditional sort of up and down trajectory of um, a stock that is thematic without companies having underlying profits and earnings. However, the uh, companies that are in the portfolio have done, you know, mostly done incredibly well in terms of both maintaining their valuations, increasing their valuations, but also making headway towards the market. And so as an example, I talked about Louis Vuitton earlier on, Vitro Labs, which makes leather in a laboratory, is now selling to the world's largest fashion houses, albeit in small quantities, but those quantities will ramp up. Um, and then you've got uh, the products of precision fermentation, which are milk substitutes, yogurt substitutes, cheese substitutes, collagen substitutes, are on sale and approved already in the United States and are selling gangbusters. They, they can't make enough of them. Um, and then you're beginning to see that the products are made according to cell uh, agriculture, which is using cells in labs to grow meat and, and food um, are actually now getting closer to the market. So Upside Foods product was approved by the FDA with no questions uh, in Singapore and um, in Israel, you can buy chicken that's made in a laboratory. Um, and so it's just a matter of time before this stuff uh, gets onto the market in a big way. There is a very big contrast, however, Graham, and I'll, I'm sure this I'll talk about this at the Master Investor Show, between plant-based foods, which have sort of plateaued, and I don't know if you've tried any of them, but adequate substitutes, but they're highly processed, they're not particularly great for the environment, not particularly great for human health, and the exact replicas of uh, food represented by cell, ag, and precision uh, fermentation. Uh, they have the capacity of being much cheaper, much healthier, much better for the environment uh, than plant-based food. So the two should not be confused in the minds of investors. 
Okay. Well, you and I were both born in Scotland in the 1950s, Jim. I was one year ahead of you. But as I approach my three score years and 10, I find myself getting ever more interested in another of your favourite topics, and that's longevity. So tell me what's been happening at Juvenescence, and can I still plan on living to be 120? Well, I, th I think you should definitely do so, and possibly beyond. Um, so Juvenescence is a private company. Uh, it recently hired a new CEO who came from a very high uh, positioned guy called Richard Marshall from AstraZeneca. It's going to have multiple products in the clinic, which means in clinical trials in human beings over the next year or so. Um, and although there will be no one pill that you and I can take every day that will keep us alive to 120 and beyond, there are therapies emerging that in combination could do exactly that. And uh, the, a lot of money is coming into the space, partly because rich guys like Jeff Bezos want to live uh, for 120 or more years. Um, and so he's put in $3 billion into a UK-based company called Altos Labs. Um, and you've got a, the Saudi Arabians are putting a billion dollars a year into this in a philanthropic way. Um, so there's a lot of money coming into this space. And I, if I had to, to, to sort of review the landscape, I would say notwithstanding that biotech along with all tech companies has done badly in the last couple of years, I think that the longevity sector is one to watch, but you've got to watch it very carefully. There are a lot of snake oil merchants out there. There is a lot of potential for disappointment. There's a lot of hype uh, and it should all be science-based, evidence-based, and you should have a diversified portfolio such as Juvenescence has. Um, so I'm excited about it. I think this is a great opportunity for personally, for you and me, uh, for society, because there are more and more people like you and me who are in their 60s uh, in this world and less and less young people. And frankly speaking, the world can't afford a whole load of sick old people in their 80s, 90s and 100s and no young people to support them. We have to find a way of keeping older people healthy for longer so they can be productive in the workforce and not a drain on the healthcare system. This is an imperative. This isn't something that we should just think about. And I want to give you, I know I'm ranting a bit here, but I want to give you just one more fact, which is that the Japanese population by 2100 will decline from 125 million, which it is today, to 50 million. The Korean population will go down by two thirds. Similarly, in Singapore and multiple countries in Europe will have the same. We are in a demographic crisis because the replacement of human beings um, by new children is just not happening. And uh, so we're gonna end up with uh, a dependency ratio, which is absolutely crazy if, if we don't find ways of keeping older people healthier for longer. Absolutely. And, and of course, what that means is, I think, there's an enormous investment opportunity there. And amid all the doom and gloom, clearly, when we look at some of these newer emerging sectors, there's plenty to get excited about. So, I mean, I, I'm going to be talking at the show about, uh, you know, how to invest in these troubled times. And I think you're going to have uh, an interview on stage with someone. What, what, what are you planning to cover at the event, Jim? Well, I mean, it depends on what Victor, I, I, I'm not really interviewing or not being interviewed, but Victor Hill is our best writer at Master Investor. And I thought he and I could just have a conversation about, you know, randomly where we see things going, more or less on the lines that we've been talking. Um, and then I will, as traditionally I have, give a list of 
you know, recommended, it's not, not like I'm a broker or a financial advisor, but stocks that I would favor um, and things that I don't favor. Um, and so I'm sure the conversation, which is 40 minutes long, will go um, very quickly. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to listening to your talk as well, Graham, because, you know, you are, uh, I, like all uh, 1950s babies um, uh, who have been through the mill a bit, you're a man of experience and great wisdom, and I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Jim. I'm looking forward to catching up with you there as well. So we'll see you all at the Master Investor Show on Saturday, the 18th of March. Thank you, Graham. This podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.